having 80 plus sessions on our agenda, you know, we really wanted to be as meaningful and purposeful as possible with who we were going to have, who are the right speakers speaking on the right topics. I do think part of it was making sure we had a diverse speaking faculty, diverse perspectives, different brand categories on the panels to showcase the differences. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. Hello, hello, everyone. We are back in Jersey and New York after a whirlwind few days at the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo. That's right. After a few weeks of us talking about the events, uh, spotlighting some speakers, the event is done, dusted, and now we have 2023 to look forward to. I have on the line with me now Erica Velacourse, my right hand, our content specialist for the event, and we're going to chat about how it all went down. Erica, thank you for taking the time. Sorry I put you in the hot seat for this. <laughs> no worries. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to to talk with you. Yeah, so this has been an experience for lack of it a better really word. Has. <laughs> so as some folks know, we took over Retail X and within a eight-month period, rethought it, reimagined it, combined it with our Retail Innovation Conference, which I know quite a few people listening to this know of, have attended in the past, and created an entirely new event experience. So we're going to reflect a little bit on that process and you know some of the key trends and takeaways and some of our, our lessons as we start to think about 2023, if you can believe it. So Erica, my question for you is, obviously you're no stranger to the event space. That's why we brought you on board, but you started in different industries, most notably pharma. So the pivot from pharma to retail, what was that like for you? And how has the experience of planning and putting together an event changed for you with that shift? Yeah, definitely. So in the event space prior, like you said, I was in the healthcare and pharma world. And in that world, it's definitely more regulated, very highly regulated, to be honest. So it's not as creative in terms of being able to talk through some of these, these topic areas that we can dive deeper into in marketing. Um, there's a lot more regulations and laws in that space that you really have to to talk through. So again, just being able to be in this retail environment where we can really have full range to talk through all of these amazing and immersive experiences that consumers are experiencing has been really eye-opening for me. And all the technology in the retail space has also been really interesting to see and learn more about too. And just how everyone is a consumer too, honestly, is really interesting. Just knowing all the products and brands and in the space are really cool to experience. So I think it's been a really eye-opening and amazing venture into retail so far. So I have to ask, I mean, one of the things we always talk about when we talk about retail trends and business strategies, it's like, at the end of the day, we're all consumers. So we know what resonates, we know what we connect with on a day to day. So what were some of the trends that like you knew you wanted to dig into? Because as a consumer, you're like, oh, this is really cool. I want to understand how this works. Or I want to get a brand like X on stage to share their story. Yeah, great question. I think being on social media and having all those different channels, Twitter, Instagram, 
Facebook. I think it's been really insightful to see how brands are using and tapping into the social media channels and hearing from them directly, such as like Elf Beauty, Target, just the vast array and the diversity of brands that are in this space and what they're doing on social and how they're differentiating their unique experiences on social channels, I think to me was most interesting just because as a consumer, we're all on our phones constantly. And then of course, hearing about the metaverse and how that has exploded, that also has been really exciting to see. And of course, experience firsthand from some of the speakers that we heard from. Yeah. And obviously our overarching trend was this idea of connected commerce. What does it mean today? What are the new components and triggers for it? So it was definitely interesting to see how that theme came through in different ways. So obviously social media was a big topic for us. We talked about social commerce, so driving tangible revenue through social commerce and social channels, but also the creator economy, which I think people really had a few aha moments about. I mean, obviously we had that great panel featuring Adore Me, Shutterfly, ShopStyle Collective, and they shared their perspectives on what the creator economy looks like, how the influencer marketing model is changing. But then it's like, as you unpacked the layers of the different sessions we had, like even NFTs, right? One of our speakers, B. Earl, who's a Marvel writer, which was a really fun element to bring into our programming, he's all about fandom and community too. So this underlying trend of community-driven commerce seemed to be the connected thread. Would you agree with that? Definitely. I think the community-driven commerce was awesome to see how all brands are tapping into their communities, whether it's local, using local artists, curators and creators of their different collections of the brands that they have at their stores, but then also, yeah, tapping into the local community. I think another really good example was hearing how Foot Locker and New Balance collaborated during one of the sessions. They had used their Detroit store location and tapped into what they call their sneaker boot camp. So it was actually called Sneaker School Boot Camp, where they had about 50 students come in. They were able to create their own design of the shoe that they wanted to see Foot Locker have. And that was really, really cool to see how they used the local community to then create a product within the Foot Locker brand. So that was awesome and definitely a great session for everyone. Yeah, that's a really interesting use case because it's tangible. It's very personal. It's more like in real life, so to speak. Right. And authentic too. And I mean, that was also a huge theme, how brands are being more authentic, being more transparent for the consumers. Obviously, we've seen a huge trend of the conscious consumer and how they're more into different issues such as sustainability, which was also a huge trend as well that we saw leading into the event. And I believe we had about there are so sessions on sustainability from all different perspectives. So that was interesting too. Yeah, that's actually something I want to dig into a little bit because I feel like when we hear about sustainability, there's always that tie to the product, right? Like the actual creation of a good or the sourcing of materials to create a good. And I think, well, what I personally found enlightening and interesting is that it's so much deeper than that. Like it can be materials used in your office, right? Like one of our speakers, the founder and CEO of Final, Emma Rose Cohen, she talked about how she did a waste audit 
in one of her offices and just showing how materials stack up and how waste is created and using that as a guidepost for creating more sustainable operations and processes just in the day-to-day work. We also had a session in, in our CPG summit about the last mile, which I think it's that ongoing debate, right? Of Okay, we want to get things to people as quickly and efficiently as possible, but there are implications of that, you know, in terms of carbon emissions and the overall environmental impact of that. And even just like the marketing of it, right? Like marketing of your initiatives being transparent and communicating that not just to shareholders, which obviously more public companies are thinking about that because of new guidelines, but also employees and consumers and creating like that whole story. So it really is touching, I think, a lot more than some people realize at this point. Yeah, I agree. And even during day two, during one of our morning keynote panels, you know, Logitech even you know, said they're committing to carbon neutral by 2030 and they are in their strategy phase of rolling that out and making sure that they're sticking to their sustainability strategy. So I do think it's interesting that all these different retailers and brands are coming out to say, I'm committed to XYZ for sustainability, but also then following up with how are we doing it? And this is our roadmap to do that. So I do think it's great that they're not just saying that they're going to do it. They're actually showcasing this is how we're going to do it. So I do think it's been a really great learning curve for sure. Yeah. And I think that's something that we really wanted to be mindful of when we were putting together the programming, right? Because there are so many trends, there are so many things like being discussed in the media and in just the overall business landscape that sometimes it feels a bit overwhelming, right? Like a lot of it is theory, a lot of it's very high level, So our goal was to go a few layers deeper, like into how it's been done, what were some of the lessons and takeaways and how our audience can apply that. So, I mean, how did you think about that? Like in terms of matchmaking speakers to topics or even just developing the agenda? Yeah, that's a great question too. And I do think when we are building out our agendas and obviously we were going through a lot of different topics having 80 plus sessions on our agenda, you know, we really wanted to be as meaningful and purposeful as possible with who we were going to have, who are the right speakers speaking on the right topics. I do think part of it was making sure we had a diverse speaking faculty, diverse perspectives, different brand categories on the panels to showcase the differences, but then also comparisons and contrast in terms of here's what we're doing and here's what they're doing. For example, we had a authenticity panel and that was led by Andrew Smith and it was with the house of LRNC. She was the director of impact marketing, Aaron Hodgstein, and then also Vanessa Barbani Halleck from another tomorrow speaking about how they are making their brands authentic, what they're doing, how they're doing it differently. They're both a little bit similar because they're both apparel brands, but one of them is going in a different direction with how they have QR codes on their clothes. Another Tomorrow is doing a lot in the sustainability space to showcase to their consumers the entire path from their supply chain and sourcing. When you scan an item on, or when you scan the QR code on one of their clothing items, it shows you the entire picture of how that clothing was developed. So that was really interesting versus the house of LRNC, which they're not going in that angle. They don't have the QR code tech such as another tomorrow, but they're still an apparel brand that is driving, you know, brand authenticity, but just in a different way. So I do think that 
it's really interesting to hear about, even if it is in the same brand category, how brands are doing what they need to do to make sure they're being authentic, but also differentiating from competitors. So I do think sometimes, depending on the topic, it's great to have kind of that, the different brands together, but then also sometimes it is great to have competitors directly on the same panel because you do want to hear how they are being unique and driving different experiences for their consumer. Yeah. Well, it also creates a forum for them to learn from each other a little bit too. Right? Like, oh, I never thought about that. Or like, oh, we tested that, but it didn't work. I wonder why. So it almost creates a dialogue in and of itself in the learning experience, which I think as a little something extra to the content itself, right? Because you can always have people talking about data, you know, new trends at a high level, but having that active dialogue and ideation on stage, I mean, that's kind of what the mission of the event is all about. And another really great example that comes to mind for me is in IRCE, we had a session about how brands are using data to customize the user experience or the customer experience. So we had Hammett's, which is a luxury leather goods and handbag brand, Brooklinen, which is Sheets Home. And then finally, we had Sticks, which is feminine care and health. So very different worlds. So it was really interesting to see and hear the systems that they have in place for using data to their advantage. So like Sticks, for instance, they have like this really fun quiz that like people interact with the quiz, they get product recommendations, but then they can also customize their quote unquote health plan based on their challenges or, you know, their pains and sticks can be that solution for them, which I think is super valuable. And I recall Brooklyn and did a similar experience, like a quiz or like a product matchmaking type experience. And they noted that it worked in one scenario, like when it was for the consumer themselves, but like not in a gift giving scenario, which I thought was interesting, right? Like there are so many ways you can see similar strategies, but like there are nuances depending on the audience, depending on the category and how they're using data. And, And Hammett was in a completely different direction, like they were largely using data from like a customer service and clienteling perspective from a product development perspective. So it's just interesting to hear those diverse perspectives and ensure that everyone in the audience, no matter the category, could get something valuable from that. So we talked a lot about some of the deep dive track sessions, but of course, keynotes are always a draw. People always like to see what the big headliners are going to be discussing and how it connects to their business. So we had Kathy Hackle, Roxanne Iyer, and they really dug into the metaverse. We had Jonah Berger, who is more of like a consumer analyst and studies like how things catch on. And of course, finally, we had Ken Hughes, who's more of like a futurist and consumer behavioralist and, and likes to understand the psychology of why we do the things we do. So looking at these three sessions or entities, I mean, where do you see the dots connecting and how does this tie to what you have heard from our audience and even other speakers on the faculty, right? Because they're attendees as well. Like, how do these different sessions connect to paint a picture for businesses' concerns or priorities right now? Yeah, I think a lot of different brands and retailers with all of those keynotes that you just mentioned are really trying to tap into the consumer experience, immersive experiences. And honestly, 
understanding the consumer and the evolving consumer, because as we know, consumer behavior is changing rapidly. And I think hearing how Kathy is talking about how brands are utilizing the metaverse. And yes, it's still early on, but there are a few brands such as Clinique that have tapped into the metaverse, have tapped into NFTs. And while it's still a learning experience and a testing kind of breeding ground right now, I do think it's, it's really interesting to see how consumers are going to be utilizing the metaverse and NFTs to really be loyal with those brands. And then we have, of course, Jonah's Creating a Contagious Brand keynote where he really gave us an amazing challenge to understand, hey, consumer is changing daily. How are you as a brand and retailer adapting your processes to appeal to that consumer? And his examples were phenomenal. They were so simple, but yet just like, wow, like a lot of people walked away from his keynote and had so many ideas. I think some attendees even had come up to me and speakers actually that were like, I was in the back texting my teams, telling them how many creative ideas I had from listening to Jonah. And I think it was just a testament to him and you know how, how knowledgeable he is in this space too. I think the one takeaway for me from his session was this notion of triggers. And I think that was one of the points that really resonated with our audience. It's not just like, okay, how can we find our value prop and push that out in a meaningful way and in a way that's different and resonates, but like, what's the context of my consumer right now? What exactly are they looking for? What is their mindset? And what can ultimately drive action in that moment? Because depending on the day, it can be very, very different. So that was the one like aha moment that stuck out to me. I agree. I think what stood out to me were his four key questions slide where he put up on the slide just four questions that if you walked away from this session, here's the four key questions that you really should be thinking about when you go back to your teams. And those four questions were, who do we want to be triggered? When do we want them to think of us? What is around them at that time? And how can we link to that thing? So I think those four key questions and the KitKat example he had where KitKat had done an ad to promote coffee and just how like taking a break for KitKats and obviously appealing to the consumers that are in drinking coffee in the morning. But hey, like think about us too when you're drinking your coffee. I just think it was really interesting how he had noted some key like minor examples, but it's like, wow, yeah. When you think about peanut butter, you think about jelly, just like little simple things like that, where it's like, yeah, you're right. Like that's huge. Sometimes it gets lost in the shuffle. And I think brands think so highly and so different. And it's like, if you take a second, step back and as a consumer, change your mindset to think, wow, if when you think about these little things, they're so minor, but they make a big impact. Yeah, 100%. And I think that this whole idea of like understanding where your consumer is, what their mindset is, what the trigger moment is, like the time of day or what they're doing, it ties to this notion of empathy, which I feel like was also a very subtle plot point in a lot of our sessions, like that deep consumer understanding beyond just like the core demographics, right? And the core who is my audience exercise that you do like in your marketing strategy. And I think that ties really nicely to a lot of the points that Ken made during his keynote about building meaningful relationships in this digital world, because digital allows you to do things at scale, which is awesome. But if you're not following through on 
all of those supporting elements that are maybe a bit more high touch, maybe take a bit more time and require that deeper level of empathy and understanding, you ultimately leave your consumer behind, which like in relationships is not going to be very good in the long run. Yeah. And I think back to your question, you know, what were some of the key themes throughout? And I think, yes, understanding today's consumer, I would say is the biggest one, but then also being intentional with the technology that you're implementing. So I think some people were a little skeptical about hearing about the metaverse and like, oh, is this the right move for me? Is this a good way for my brand to get into immersive tech? And I do think that there goes out saying that you should be intentional and purposeful and meaningful with the technology and experiences that you're allowing and giving to your consumers. So I do think that understanding today's consumer and being intentional with what you're going to be implementing for your consumer are the two biggest takeaways, I would say, throughout sessions. Yeah, that's a really good point because I know digging deeper into that skepticism right around the metaverse that the extremes of it that are floating around out there that like, oh, one day everything's going to be done in the metaverse and people are only going to buy digital goods. Like all of that is just, I almost feel like it's something, it's like there are statements to just cause chaos or cause tension and frustration because What really stood out to me in Kathy's presentation is like, no, this isn't replacing anything. This is about the convergence of digital and physical. It's about creating meaning in both areas of the consumer's life because we are doing both things and we are creating those moments. So I think that's the big takeaway. And like, I know there were some people who were initially super skeptical of us like having, we didn't have like a lot around the metaverse. We didn't really go all in, but we did touch on it in like, I think three sessions and then it came up in some discussions But I think people started to connect the dots a little bit more as they came in with an open mind, right? Which I think was the one big win for me. Yeah, I agree. And I do think having Kathy give the lay of the land, you know, she did an amazing job just level setting for folks, you know, what is the metaverse? Because there are so many different definitions out there. And she did such an amazing job. I think she was honestly the perfect person for us to have talk about the metaverse And then having her combine with Roxanne to then show, here's what Brand did. Here's how they executed it. Here's some of their lessons learned. Here's some of their recommendations. I think that was really eye-opening for a lot of people. I think session and content coverage-wise, a lot of people have been hearing about the metaverse. But the fact that we had her combine with a brand that has utilized her expertise and has benefited from it, and then from there has gained a loyal following and even more loyal following. And a brand like Clinique obviously has a long heritage. So just hearing how she helped Clinique, how her and Roxanne partnered together was so inspiring for a lot of people. Right. Because they tapped into everything. They tapped into the community component. They like said, we want to hear from you, our consumers. We want you to share your stories. But then there was also that physical tangible good component too. Like you got the NFT, a certain number of people, I think it was three, ultimately won 10 years of products. And this was a connecting point to like, we appreciate you. We see you members of our community. We hear your stories and yes, you are worthy of this and we appreciate you. So we're going to give you all this product. So this is like that full circle moment of like using the metaverse and NFT specifically as a loyalty 
tool, which was really exciting for me. And I think it can also be an opportunity for co-creation, right? Like consumers partnering on creating or customizing. I think there's a use case around like, like Nike shoes, like partnering on like a design and then oh, we select the winning design and you not only get the NFT, you also get the tangible good. Like there are so many opportunities there. Yeah, and I think the other key theme would be meeting your consumer where they're at. We've heard that a ton, hearing how all this different technology is coming out, different augmented reality tech. And, you know, a lot of people just hear that as buzzwords, but I think Kathy also did a really great job of kind of laying down or giving a lay of the land of the fact that a lot of younger consumers are in the gaming space. They are utilizing different virtual gaming worlds to create their own communities, have their own personalities, and tap into those different you know, worlds to be their own, their own authentic self. So I do think that it's just going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. And hopefully for next year, for 2023, we'll have even more use cases to expand upon in that topic area. Yeah, absolutely. So before we close things out, I feel like we can talk on and on and on, but I want to keep it short and sweet because I know, I know. over the coming weeks, we are going to be repurposing some content, sharing some takeaways from some of the sessions, top moments. But I have to ask, I mean, what were one or two of your top moments of the show? What were some of the shining moments that you're going to take away and, and you're excited to maybe dig a little bit deeper into in 2023? Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the keynotes, of course, as we just discussed, I mean, all of them were absolutely amazing. And just hearing about the different tech obviously was a huge area that I think we can tap even more into for next year, seeing how many other brands and retailers are going to lean into different tech. But I do think that hearing more about the community, hearing more even about real estate, I think that was another area that you and I had discussed and we didn't really touch upon it too much in any of our sessions. But I do think that that's an area we could explore further too, just as stores are reimagining their in-store experiences versus their virtual experiences and remote experiences. I do think it would be interesting to see how the real estate market, this industry plays out. But I do think the workshops we had, we had 10 workshops. They were extremely beneficial for a lot of folks. I think level setting the day before, I think it was great. And then going into all of our sessions and making sure they were tailored. I think that was the biggest thing that we really wanted to accomplish was making sure that we had enough content that people could really customize and personalize their attendee journey on site. And then also the expo hall this year was extremely immersive. You know, we had the cannabis pop-up experience, which I think a lot of people were really surprised by because that's not something that we've really tapped into too much either in the past, I believe. So having a cannabis brand on site showcasing their product was awesome. Then we also had the Good Market brand where they're showcasing all of their products and curated collections. And the fact that, you know, their purchases go to good causes, I think was incredible for folks too. And, you know, I think we'll lean in more to how I think cross collaborations are occurring. And I think it'd be really interesting to tap into how brands are also diversifying their product assortment. So I think those are some things that I definitely wanted to highlight, but I don't want to go in too deep because honestly, I could talk about <laughs> everything. I it's wish like, I it's like the list of stuff we wanted to do definitely is a lot longer than the stuff that we ultimately could do, but that makes it interesting, right? Yeah. And I wish I could have sat in every single session, but obviously that was impossible to do. <laughs> I do think 
the track I sat in all day on the first day was the connecting content community and commerce track. And I absolutely loved it. It was mind blowing. Matt Marr gave a really insightful presentation on esports and commerce in the gaming world. And I know we already touched about the metaverse and gaming and virtual environments, but his session was also really interesting just to see how the world of esports is evolving. And it's about $50 billion market. So that industry, I think, too, would be interesting to tap more into just seeing how esports is evolving. But the other last area that I would love for us to explore further into for 2023 is also this emergence or convergence of retail and hospitality. I do think that the retail and hospitality angle, you know, we had one session on, and it was Michelle Collins and Joel Contour. But I would love for us to see how design-wise even, how hospitality is inspiring retail environments and stores and really going on with that too. So, you know, I do think there's a lot of really great cross-industry perspectives for us to look into for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Especially from like the design standpoint, I know that there are so many folks that are looking into these different industries to get inspiration, right? To hear what's driving success in, like you said, hospitality is a great example, or even restaurants in even things like festivals, right? I think there's opportunity for inspiration and partnership from all areas of of this ecosystem. And like this idea of looking at adjacencies and overlaps and, and ways to kind of harness those to benefit the customer. That's really what it's about. And I think that's really the ethos of the Retail Innovation Conference and what we're trying to build. So one year down, <laughs> however <laughs> we many to go, right? <laughs> I know. I can't believe it. I know. Well, this has been great, Erica. I always love to debrief and dig into the big trends and takeaways for any event, not just ours. So thank you again so much for taking the time. It has really been a journey and looking forward to next year. Me too. Thank you so much, Alicia. I appreciate it. And to all of you, if you joined us in Chicago, we hope you had a great experience. We would love to hear what your takeaways were and how you're applying them to your business. Drop us a line on Twitter or LinkedIn at our touch points or LinkedIn at retail touch points. And if you didn't get to join us in Chicago, definitely check out retailinnovationconference.com. Learn more about the event. Take a look at our speakers from this past year and some of the sessions that we have lined up. It's definitely going to be an ongoing process, an ongoing journey of evolution. So same to you. If you have any ideas, thoughts, feedback, we would love to hear from from you as well. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this episode, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up. <laughs>